With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, yeah, you already know what time it is. It's that official time when we take this worldwide. Let's go. So now it's time to turn it up Surf the radio waves as we begin to burn it up We all up in your area like landscape Definitely bringing you the power slamming pancakes It's the mandate that you tune in It's time to move out so we can move in And recognize that this is no illusion I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion It all started off in the book of Genesis When Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was his nemesis And when the man saw he couldn't overpower him He touched his hip but he really couldn't devour him and from that point, then we hear a name change, rearrange the game, so now we gotta change lanes. Uh, so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam show. Let's go! Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. Turn it up, Ladies and gentlemen, episode 262, this is the five-year anniversary show of the Pancakes and Power Slam show. Indeed, 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 this is Chris Featherstone. I'm so excited about tonight's show. Celebrating five years, absolutely incredible stuff. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, we got so much to talk about tonight. I would love to celebrate the five-year anniversary with current Ring of Honor star, former Impact Wrestling uh, World Champion. Without further ado, he is none other than Chris Saban. How are you tonight, sir? Oh, I'm wonderful. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. It's the five-year anniversary show. We've had, uh, I, I don't know how many people we've had on the show. It's closer to 100. I lost track at about uh, 75 about a year ago. Uh, well, actually, yeah, about a, close to a year ago, before last summer. So um, I don't know what number you are on the show, but what I do know is I, I'm treating you as number one, and I'm treating you uh, as someone special just like you are, and I'm so excited that you are on the show celebrating five years with us. <laughs> Thank you, man. It's good to be here, and uh, congratulations, by the way, on uh, your five-year anniversary. Thank you, man. I really, really appreciate it. So uh, you have been shaking the airwaves uh, in Ring of Honor uh, the past uh, few years. Um, and how is it returning to, to ROH, your old stomping grounds? 
Uh, it was good. You know, I've never really been a regular in Ring of Honor. I right. really um, employed with Impact uh, during the previous years when I would pop up here and there in Ring of Honor. But this is actually the first time that I've had the chance to work with Ring of Honor full time. And, and, you know, I absolutely love it, man. I love the place. I love uh, my coworkers, everyone I work with. It's, it's a great place to work. And so. Yeah, absolutely. So the uh, Motor City Machine Guns, uh, you know, it was it was great to have you guys uh, back debuting uh, early. What was it uh, early two twenty fifteen? So it's been about been about two years now, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so you know, you guys had some tag team feuds. What has been your favorite feud yet uh, in the? return to Ring of Honor and now, you know, like you said, doing more full-time work with the company as as compared to other years? Uh, you know, I enjoyed it. was actually in early uh, 2016 was when we finally um, reunited the machine guns. Before that, I was doing the, uh, the KRD stuff with Chris Daniels. Well, yeah, the KRD, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep, you were with so the addiction. Once, Yep, yep, exactly. So once we did that story and uh, I turned on the addiction, went over to and reformed uh, Machine Guns with Alex Shelley, uh, you know, I enjoyed that little storyline there we had with us against the addiction for for a few months there. That was really fun. And, you know, it was really cool to be a part of this, you know, more than a year-long story storyline, you know, with joining the KRD and then everything happened. I was injured for most of the time that was, that I was with the KRD, but eventually I came. Alex Shelley came back. They reformed the machine guns, all that stuff. It was just cool. It was a lot of build-up, storyline. So I would say that was probably my favorite so far. Yeah, yeah, awesome. And that was at the 14th anniversary, right, when you reformed with uh, Shelly. Is that right? In Vegas? Yeah. Yep, yep. In Vegas? That's correct. Yep, absolutely. I remember that uh, when you did it, and and it was a mask at first, you know, with the whole KRD, and then you unveiled. Um, how, you know, who came up with that idea? Uh, was it a uh, ROH type of creative thing, or did you have any type of influence to uh, that angle? Uh, basically, they they kind of laid out the the framework of it, you know, and I just kind of filled in the blanks, you know, mm-hmm. whatever I had. Uh, you know, a little room to have some creative input. Of course, I would take advantage of that. But, you know, I they, they laid out the framework for everything, and I just performed the best I could. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, good stuff, man. That's that's uh, really, really awesome. So what is, I mean, what are your goals? You, you've done everything. I mean, you've been tag team champions just about every place you've been. Uh, you, If I'm not mistaken, you guys have yet to be ROH tag team champions, right? Yeah, that's true. I actually have yet to win any title in Ring of Honor. So basically, I think that's that's the next plan, you know. That's the next goal is to at least win some gold in Ring of Honor, especially tag team gold, which is something that Alex and I are, uh, you know, really trying to get into that scene right now. So, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, over the past few years, ROH has teamed up and in in have an alliance with uh, New Japan, and you and Alex Shelley did have a run as junior tag champs, right, in IWGP? Yep, that's correct. Now, how was that? Oh, it's very cool. We were able to um, go to Japan a lot that year. I think it was around, it was in 2009, it might have led over into 2010. 2009, 2010, I know we were going over to Japan a lot, doing a lot of the junior tag stuff. Um, it was great. I love working in Japan. I love working for New Japan. Uh, at that time, we were, had this little kind of um, Apollo 55, uh, mm-hmm. Taguchi and Prince Devitt, who is obviously Finn Balor now. But uh, So we had a series of matches. I think we had four total 
um, yeah, man, it was a great time. That was just cool time in wrestling for me, getting to go to Japan all the time and uh, wrestle for New Japan and have these good matches and stuff. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of Finn Balor, what are your overall thoughts of uh, his success in the WWE nowadays? Oh, it's great, man. I'm super happy for him. He's a great guy. Uh, I always got along super well with him whenever we had interaction and everything. And Yeah, he's a great guy, man. I'm super happy for all his success. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of someone who was in the junior heavyweight division who became a world champ, that would be you. You became world champion TNA. Uh, you, you know, cast in uh, the ability to option C as Austin Aries uh, created. Uh, how was that just uh, thought of? I mean, you know, who came up to you? How was that just formulated as far as Chris Sabin being the person uh, that not only – uh, you know, wins that ability to have option C, but cashes it in uh, against Bully Ray and, and become world champ? Uh, well, to be perfectly honest, I was kind of left in the dark for most of it. Um, I don't know how that decision was made, uh, because if you look at right before it actually happened, the title kind of flip-flops back and forth. Right. I, I had it, then Austin had it, and then right before um, – the, the title match, I won it back. So uh-huh. I think, I don't know, maybe they were trying to decide whether they wanted to do it with me, whether they want to do it with Aries again. I guess ultimately decided that me. Uh, pretty much in the dark. Uh, at, yeah. Um, all of it the entire time. You know, they didn't really tell me what was going to happen. I don't even know if they knew what was going to happen. And yeah, I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't really know anything until pretty much it happened. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What was your overall thoughts on your world title reign? I mean, it was disappointing, you know. I mean, pretty much the moment the one, two, three happened and I won the title, the crowd went crazy, whatever, that was awesome moment, just a mm-hmm. super cool moment for me because, I don't know, it was just a very cool feeling to be in that ring and uh, just to experience the crowd like that. Yeah. But everything other than that, it was pretty disappointing, you know. I held the title for about three weeks and nothing really happened with it. It was just kind of a thing after that, so... I, I would say overall I'm pretty disappointed in it, except for the fact that I actually won the title. And that moment that I won the title, the one, two, three happened. That was awesome. Everything else, disappointing. Yeah, yeah. It, it just seems like, like you said, it just seems like uh, there wasn't anything really set in stone. It just seems like the angle was more to put the option C over than the person who had the option C over. That's what I saw by watching that uh, at that time, which is unfortunate uh, because it was a big shocker. And like you said, it did really, uh, you know, it really elicited an amazing reaction from the crowd, but it just seems like it was never capitalized. Now, uh, when you got the title, uh, was it something that uh, they were willing to – did you have any creative impact as far as what the direction was, or was it just give it back to Bully Ray in a month? Uh, yeah, I, did, I didn't have any creative input whatsoever. And, uh, it was it was a strange environment. That was a weird time for me, too, because this was me returning. This was like two months after I returned from injury, and I was out of action for about two years. That, yeah. you know, I, I tore my – Tore my right ACL, came back, immediately tore my left ACL, was gone. Uh, so I, I hadn't wrestled for two years. Um, I only had about two months of wrestling under my belt when I finally returned, and they were starting to do this. Uh, and and for the years, you know, whatever, five years before I was injured, you know, I was a tag team wrestler. So, yeah. I, I, you know, I was still trying to find my 
as a singles competitor, trying to figure out who I was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what, where, where my place was and everything. And all this was kind of thrown at me. So it was like, you know, I'm really, I'm feeling super grateful. It happened for sure because it's super cool that I won the world title. But at the same time, I just, you know, I know I wasn't ready for it and I know I wasn't, it just wasn't the right time. I wish it was, man, I just wish it was a different time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, yeah, I agree. I agree as far as just the timing and everything, but on the lighter note, uh, you do set the record for having the most X division championship reigns. You were one of the people who really defined the X division and made it, uh, just stand out, uh, I don't know how much you watch the product now, but what are your overall thoughts of the X Division uh, the past few years? Oh, uh, yeah, it's like they're trying to rebuild it and everything. I think they got a pretty good group of guys down there right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, DJZ, I worked with DJZ. You know, he's kind of like a bridge between the old X Division and the new X Division. You know, he right. was around uh, for a while there when some, well, some of the older guys were still there. So, uh, Andrew Everett, I like a lot. He's really good. Oh, yeah. Uh, obviously, they're trying to bring in some of the luchadors, it seems like, to uh, add a little, you know, add a little flavor to it. I think I think they're in a rebuilding process. And, I, yeah. you know, there's lots of young guys, lots of young talent out there that will be able to step up and, you know, take advantage of that situation. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, now it leads you to where you are now. Um, what is your, you know, your, I guess what your biggest takeaways from your transition from TNA to uh, currently ROH? Uh, I, I, the thing I noticed the most probably is just that it's, it's such more, it's a lot more focused on the in-ring product, obviously. And, uh, when I left TNA, it was pretty chaotic, you know, things, no one knew what was really going on, especially like in the office. It was just chaos. People didn't really know who was in, didn't really know who was in charge and all this stuff. And then, uh, Ring of Honor is just, you know, it was a breath of fresh air for me mm-hmm. at the time still is because mm-hmm. this company it knows what it is it has an identity it has a brand uh when you watch the thunder you know what you're in for and that's that's high quality wrestling yeah and i always felt like that was my strong point is is my wrestling as opposed to my interview skills or character or whatever i always felt my wrestling was was my strongest point and uh ring of honor allows me to nurture and to show that uh to the crowd and the crowd expects that, you know, like this is the kind of crowd that wants to see wrestling as opposed to like some of the crowds we see in TNA, you know, with not, not as, I'm, I'm trying to think of the word, you know, not as like conditioned to like the wrestling, you know, not as into yeah. the wrestling side of things. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, and I, and I like, it. it's just, it's a great company. It's, they, they take care of me well. They take care of the guys well. They run smoothly. Um, you know, the fans are great. The fans are so passionate. Like, oh, yeah. I've never seen more passionate fans than the Ring of Honor fans. And that passion is uh, it's shared with the, with the wrestlers there. The wrestlers has, have such a deep passion for what they do that, I mean, that's that's the driving force behind Ring of Honor, I think, is, is just the passion that the fans and the wrestlers share. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've... You know, in the five years I've interviewed people from WWE, <clears throat> NXT, uh, Lucha Underground, TNA, and, and ROH. I <clears throat> ROH is probably I've interviewed people more ROH, perhaps more than any other uh, uh, promotion on purpose because I really love interviewing people who work for ROH. Just because you can tell that it's just kind of not 
a routine thing. You know, it's like people who really uh, are passionate about the business and really like what they do. And uh, you can, you know, that emulate, that emulates through the crowd. You know, what you come to the ring with and what you, how you perform in the ring, they can they can feel the ebbs and flows. They can feed off your energy. And uh, ROH is definitely one of the uh, only promotions, one of the biggest promotions that, you know, really have a lot of energy when it comes uh, to the ring. So that's awesome. I'm a big fan of your work, Chris. I appreciate your time. Uh, the only thing is, you know, uh, when you when you do your hand gesture and point to Michigan, I can never uh, co-sign with that because I am a live and die proud Ohioan. So go Bucks! <laughs> Absolutely, born and bred, man. Absolutely. <laughs> so every time I see you, I'll see you many times. Complete compete live. I'll, I'll give you claps until you uh, throw up that sign. I'm like, ah, oh, I can't do it, man. I can't do it. <laughs> and it was funny. And it was funny because when you were in Columbus uh, recently, I think it was uh, February, uh, when you were in Columbus, you threw up the Michigan. Uh, the sign that you that you and uh, Shelly do, and I was surprised. I was actually I was actually very surprised that uh, you didn't get booed out the arena because we are so passionate about you know being anti Michigan everything uh, yeah. That, that yeah I was surprised that you weren't booed. I was glad that you weren't, uh, but I was very surprised that when you pointed to Michigan, people didn't you know try to throw stones and tomatoes at you. Well, you know, I was pointing to Detroit. Maybe if I was pointing to Ann Arbor, it would have upset people. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think the whole Michigan State period is uh, something that uh, <laughs> Ohio tries to refrain from. But, yeah, man, I, Chris, it's been a pleasure, man. I really appreciate your work. And uh, uh, any any uh, short-term goals in the next, uh, within 2017? I don't think so. I think just, uh, you know, continue to work hard in the tag team vision and try to get those Ring of Honor tag team titles. I think that's that's just the next goal for us. I think that's what we got to work for and what we got to shoot for. Absolutely. Good stuff, man. Uh, wishing you the best. Hopefully we'll get that uh, ROH tag team ch- title run and, hey, maybe a single run in the future, man. Appreciate your work. Thanks, man. Thanks, Thanks. for having me. Thanks a lot. Have a good night. Yep. Bye-bye. You are now listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show by Crave Wrestling on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page Crave Wrestling. Bring what you got. The measuring stick just changed around here, buddy. You're looking at it. Four corners, three. Our mind. Let's go. The whole squad is making it clear we taking this year. You know who we are, but you don't know why we here. So this is where the big boys play. These big boys play like who defies the living God. Get out the big boys' way. Outsiders with the swoop in. We live as kings. You see in us, but our third man waits in the wings. And when the time is right, we shock him with the proper attack. I go for dolo, but ain't solo. Cut the promo in black. Hollywood, Hendrix, Frizzle, pinning them. 
to the max. And I'm that one mission with the strength of a hundred men. With one intent to see the will fulfilled of the one who sent his son to give himself. But you rap about your gaps and your rags torture. White coffins when I drop a bomb. My mic's awesome. Never lost faith. You in all space. You can all skate, suffer, but never cripple. No bin walls in my cross face. <laughs> From here to Saturday, raving, anticipating. I was frostbit, now I am glacier. Mixed with some Vader. Get to hawking with these animals. Using God for my defense in Alabama. We jamming. That's beautiful Bobby eating. Me and Priest, we the dangerous alliance. Nah, the Harlem Heat. Tie the do-rag before we do battle. You're talking sheep. You all what you speak. This too sweet. Till the number is took back. We repping that wolf pack. The foundation shaking. No mistaking. Yeah, we shook that. Trusting God we trust. Pushing forward. Never look back. Meekness ain't at all weakness. Some people mistook that. Stamping out this crook rap. He turning the power on. On the razor's edge. Leg drop after a power bomb. Tired of the lies, man. We bringing the truth through. Diligent and fruitful. The owners in our group, too. It's good to be king. Sold out this war is brutal. We playing them war games. Our army go move, too. You through. I'm in the Raptors with a bat in my hand. And stand to shatter all your plans so they don't matter. In the grand scheme, it's that easy. We tag teaming, sign the brothers, we love it, demand the win, establish it, this the clash of the champions. <laughs> this is where the big boys play, huh? We ain't here to play. Ladies and gentlemen, I am so excited for the episode 262, indeed, indeed, indeed. This is Chris Featherstone for the Pancakes and Power Slam Show. This is the five-year anniversary show ladies and gentlemen wow 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 five years on the show how about this five years on the show we got so much to cover ladies and gentlemen we don't have much time to just lollygag around we got an amazing amazing panel for tonight to talk about some headlines, to talk about WrestleMania, to talk about just um, just life in general as far as Raw and SmackDown. And is this, is WrestleMania 33 the greatest WrestleMania of all time? Wow, that's the flavor of the week for tonight. So without further ado, let's introduce the panel for tonight. Of course, the co-host of the Pancakes and Power Slam show from Under the Mat Radio, Evan Tech Proud. How are you tonight, sir? Evan Proud in the building. He'll be on there, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. There Apologize we go. There for that. Technical difficulties. I'm here, brother. Exhausted there we go. from there the we expedition. Go. Expedition. Good stuff, yes. man. All right. So, without further ado, the next person on the panel for tonight is from Clock Radio Speakers. He is the wrestling connoisseur. Without further ado, Armand, how are you tonight, sir? Chris, I am amazing, man. How are you doing? I am amazing as well. It's a very good way to describe uh, how I feel, so thank you for that. (laughs) Good stuff. And ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be phenomenal. The guest panel for the five-year anniversary show. Guest panelists, Surprise, everyone. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Former WWE referee, none other than Lucha Underground's Marty Elias. How are you tonight, sir? 
I'm doing great. How are you guys? Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on the show, man. And thanks for, uh, uh, for those who listen, I had a fantastic interview, uh, before with Marty Elias, um, soaked in a lot of referee knowledge, uh, about just cadences and timing. And, uh, uh, Marty and I have become good friends, uh, uh since then. And, uh, Man, I really, really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to avail yourself for being on the show tonight. No, hey, man, you know that's what friends are for. Absolutely, yeah. man. I appreciate it. Great song, it. by the way. Great yeah. song. Thank you, man. Uh, actually, you know what? Uh, half of uh, the creator of that song is actually Armand. There you go. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. One <laughs> yeah. of the panelists. Because I, I yeah. forgot, I did I did something um, uh, this weekend over the Harlem Heat theme, and I I completely forgot to send it to you. I have to uh, you on did, that. No, you didn't. You, you you did. You tagged me. You did. Uh, I heard it. And I liked it. I did tag you. Okay. Yeah. 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 It was fantastic. That was absolutely. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Without further ado, headlines. Here we go. <laughs> Jim Ross, uh, one of the greatest minds in the business. Um, he does not believe that Chris Benoit should be in the Hall of Fame, and uh, that's also that's always a very controversial topic. And uh, uh, Marty's actually worked with Chris Benoit, and uh, it, it, it's it's you know I'm just I, I brought this up to just see. Uh, all the panelists' thoughts on it. So let's start off with Evan. Um, you know, I'll say I'll say my uh, uh, my thoughts on it afterwards. But uh, do you agree with Jim Ross uh, as far as uh, his belief that uh, Chris Benoit should not be in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, it's funny you say that for the son. I spoke to Jim Ross earlier today. Um, I agree with him only because it's granted we Benoit and and. Uh, like I said, I've never had the pleasure of meeting Benoit or working with him in any capacity, media-wise. But uh, Benoit was a great wrestler. He did great work um, for the business in the ring. However, nothing is what he did to his family just eclipses anything that he's done in the ring. The mm-hmm. fact that he dealt with CTE and uh, his brain was shriveled and, and, and dealt with dealt with uh, all of the, the issues he dealt with, and the fact that he murdered his son, murdered his wife, killed himself. That just eclipses anything that he's done in the ring, and sadly, I have to agree. I have to agree with that on a business standpoint. When you say Chris Benoit, this is bad PR. Everyone's going to think about his murder case, which isn't, you know, which is sad because he was so great in the ring. He gave his hundred percent. I, he was always a favorite of mine, just in the ring per se, just wrestling. But um, there to be for being a publicly traded company with everything that he have going on, of course, with the Hall of Fame, um, it just would just put a bad sting to it. So only because of what how Benoit went out and what he did to his family himself is the only reason I have to you know, I have to officially agree with Jim Ross and mm-hmm. say that I won't put him in the Hall of Fame for that. Armand I mean, here's the thing about WWE. They are kings of the narrative. So whatever they want you to believe, they will uh, tell the story in a way to make you believe that. According to them, Chris Benoit does not exist. He never lived. <laughs> There's no record of him yeah. 
being alive or any of that, so much so to the point where if you pull up any pay-per-views, any old Raws from his tenure there, um, you can't even pull up his match by name. So mm-hmm. if they're doing that, there's a really good chance he's never, ever, ever going to get in the Hall of Fame. So, yeah, that's not going to happen. Right. Marty, your thoughts? I have to agree with the other panelists here. Uh, unfortunately, you know, even with Chris being the tremendous technical wrestler that he was, I really, really doubt that we'll see him in the Hall of Fame. You know, and, and that's just because of everything, you know, that uh, has been said and, and done. I mean, you know, it's sad, but we're not going to be able to see that. I mean, I mean, it's almost like saying that Pete Rose isn't going to go into the Hall of Fame, you know, the Baseball Hall of Fame, but, you know, mm-hmm. Chris, unfortunately, like you said, went out the way he went out. Uh, it's a publicly traded company. WWE has a reputation, and WWE has certain standards in, in how right. WWE is presented. And if, if that was to be the case with Chris being even mentioned going into the Hall of Fame, I think that would be a real big black eye on what WWE is trying to right. achieve and what WWE is doing today. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I, I agree with all of you. I, I don't – if I was Vince McMahon, there's no way that Chris Benoit would go into the Hall of Fame, um, not because of what he's done, because he has a – he certainly has a Hall of Fame-worthy career, uh, but just – you know, the Hall of Fame is the Hall of Fame of fake wrestling. So, uh, you know, beyond all that is real life. So, uh, you know, that, that trumps fake wrestling. So uh, the the life of uh, Chris Benoit had a, 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 an incredibly unfortunate, unfortunate black mark uh, in the final stages of it. And um, that's something that he cannot take back. So uh, it's really unfortunate. Um just within my PhD studies within uh, forensic psychology, uh, I've done a, a, a ton of research on CTE and um, you know, it's really, it's really sad. It's very, very sad that uh, uh, sports in general, not just WWE, <laughs> we see it all the time with football. I mean, for those who've seen the movie concussion, I mean, that's real life stuff. Right. Um, and, and it's just really, really sad that just the impact that, concussions and CTE can have on someone. I mean, you know, those, for those who've watched concussion, I mean, those, it's not, that stuff is not exaggerated. I mean, people really have aggressive episodes and hallucinate. Those are uh, very well-known facts and and, and symptoms, unfortunately, of CTE. So uh, it's really tough. It's really tough to to just really experience that. But, uh, you know, I I, I agree with JR as far as uh, um, Demar not getting Hall of Fame. Uh, another name that was interviewed through uh, at WrestleCon dur- uh, during WrestleMania weekend uh, by my uh, my guy Dave Penzer. Uh, Penzer, I've had him on the show as well. He interviewed uh, Jim the Anvil Nyhart, and uh, he 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 told Jim that he'll that, he, that he's had a Hall of Fame career, and unfortunately, uh, that prompted a very <laughs> oh tough. God. Uh, that, that triggered something very, very bad in, in, in Jim, and he just started ripping the Hall of Fame, and you know, said, you know, I'm not in Hall of Fame, this and that. Uh, we'll start. We'll start with Marty. Uh, do you believe that Jim the Anvil Nightheart has a career worthy of being inducted into the <laughs> WWE Hall of Fame? I, I honestly feel that he does, as a member of the Hart Foundation, mm. with Brett, with Brett. 
by himself as as a singles wrestler? Absolutely not. And unfortunately, you know, Jim's done some great stuff, but at the same time, there, there's a reason why he's not in the Hall of Fame, you know? And, and that's just my humble opinion. Going back to the Benoit thing, going back to WWE and what they are publicly traded, you know, th- there's things that, that folks do in, in their lives that, you know, that they need to be held accountable for. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. WWE is, is looking at everything nowadays, you know? And th- they, by all means, can say yay or nay because it's their company and if i was running wwe and if i was running my own company i would want folks who are you know doing doing the right things in my company and you know like forrest gump says that's all i got to say about that (laughs) absolutely Uh, yeah armand is all red beard going I mean, we're just not going to sit here and ignore the amazing work that he did with the new foundation. With oh, oh no. <laughs> we can never ignore that. Oh yeah, and, yeah. And checkered, mm, checkered. Never. Um, How dare I? Amazing. Yeah. So I was thinking about that because I, I agree. Um, the only way Jim goes in is if it's with the Heart Foundation. Now. Um, and Chris, you are, I would call you like the, the wrestling Wikipedia. Um, so Nash and Hall are in the hall twice, right? No, they're all, they're no. both just once because DX, NWO or DX aren't in as a unit yet. Really? NWO's not in yet? Nope. nope. No, it's just Diesel and Razor Ramon. Yeah, yeah, well, actually, Kevin oh. Nash and Razor Ramon. Kevin Nash, right. he pulls some strings to actually have it. His name going by his name, but Scott Hall is going. He went in as Razor Ramon. Okay, because so, that was going to be that was going to be my only suggestion is like, well, maybe Brett could go in twice. Um, you know, once he's he's already in as the Hitman, and then he could go back in as the Heart Foundation. With uh, with Nat Hart because they they were Flair is the know, only one who can say that right now. Mm, okay, that's, so that's Rick so, Rick Flair, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. Flair. Flair's the only one. Okay, so then that that exists. So that does exist, which is the point that I was hoping to make. So it's possible, you know. Hopefully, he could go in as a member of the Hart Foundation because they were one of the greatest teams ever. Um, but just on his, own, I don't. Did he? I know he had a singles career, but like. Did he have a singles career? No, he was who in WWE. Oh, oh, he did. Oh, 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 he had, he had a mask. Career. He was who? <laughs> yeah, that was his name. Who? Yeah. <laughs> Who's that first? <laughs> yeah, uh, like yeah, seriously, that was his name. His name was who, and he yes, he, it was. Uh, he wore he wore a mask and he wrestled for WCW. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I'm good. It was, it was, <laughs> yeah, as a matter of fact, I think I'll post pictures on the Crave Wrestling uh, uh, Facebook page when he was who, and it, it was just, you know, just terrible. But he's never, I mean, he, you know, he it was that, it was the new foundation, and that was that was really it. I mean, he, he really didn't have, I mean, Marty, you, you would know this, he had a pretty decent career, uh, right before the Hart Foundation, he did some work. Uh, down south, right? Yeah, yeah, he did mm-hmm. some stuff and uh, down south for a bit, but you know, it, it wasn't until he actually hooked up with Bret Hart 
where he found his success as a tag team, you know? And, mm-hmm. and I think if you ask the casual fan, I think a majority of them would know who Jim Neidhart is, the anvil, because of that association with Brett, the Hitman Hart and the Hart Foundation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Evan, your thoughts? Does Jim the anvil now Hart go into the Hart Foundation? <laughs> yes. He's, I mean, come on, guys. He had the Hall of Fame singles career going against Stevie Ray, Marty Jannetty on Nitro oh. going against past his prime, Davey Boy Smith in 1998. Uh, I'm just figuring around, guys. No, no. I mean, I, I can tell you this. I've been around Jim the Anvil Nyhart many times backstage at shows. Jim the Anvil Nyhart has told me, quote, unquote, because of the, the rating of this show in so many words that he does not care about the Hall of Fame. Vince is bleep, bleep, bleep. He doesn't care. Now, of course, we all know Anvil's past demons or things he's dealt with. Um, Tommy Dreamer is a witness to you because he was standing with me when he said this, and we just looked and kind of laughed. But uh, like Marty said, will Road Warrior Animal ever go in the Hall of Fame? Will we ever see the great Road Warrior Animal going as a singles career? Will we see Stevie Ray going right. as a singles career? Well, we we won't. They just did great. Say that again. I said Steve oh. Ray was a leader of the NWO Black and White. He has to go. Oh, yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love Steve Ray. My, my, one of my good old friends. Oh, uh, wow. It's, 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 it's certain Slapjack. people that the Slapjack, Fruit Booty, you know, uh, what was, uh, a people. <laughs> tomatoes, the, yaks. Yeah, t- tomatoes, <laughs> yaks. Um, Accomplished Thunder commentator. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> But no, like I said, Jim and the Anvil only go in as being a hard foundation. I mean, his singles career was just hit or miss. Like, Marty Jannetty would never go in by himself. Pat Tanaka would never go in by himself. There's certain people that are just known as being a part of a great tag team, and they just didn't successfully, they weren't successfully able to transition into the singles. Yeah, I agree. I don't think I agree. Uh, I don't think he goes in as a singles wrestler either. Uh, I actually no, don't think Rick, Scott no. does either. I think the Steiners no, go in, no. but they go in as a but, team. But but I will say this, and I'm sure Marty can attest to this too. Is uh, Rick Rick is underrated. People forget how how good Rick was back in the day. People forget about just old enough. We are the Varsity Club. Rick Stein and, and Kevin Sullivan and Mike Rotunda. And, yeah. You know, Rick Rick was good in the ring. He had some moderate success, but but like you said. It's like you said, it's the Steiner brothers. Rick and Scott Steiner is not going in by themselves. The role no, is not. not going in by itself. Are we are we going to get get to see the great Brian Knob singles career? Is he going in, in oh, the by himself? No. Next. It's an, it's an <laughs> oh gosh, the great Brian Knobs. Oh goodness. Yeah, that's, that's, that, that's, yeah I remember that, oh, right? wow. that great hardcore singles run he had. I have to do. <laughs> no way. <laughs> <laughs> Marty, so, uh, so yes. Hogan, uh, he was, he, he was, uh, there were some rumors that he could come back with WrestleMania 33, but those were kind of quelled because he posted a, uh, well, Impact Wrestling posted a video with, uh, with Hogan and Jeff Jarrett and Grado, which is hilarious. Grado is, is, is absolutely hilarious. <laughs> one of the, one of the, the best UK stars, one of the funniest dudes. Um, so posted a video of them. Uh, I don't know if that symbolizes a return for impact, but 
I mean, his impact career was uh, very rough. What do you think about Hogan's future within pro wrestling? I know he started his other, uh, he started another branch of uh, uh, his restaurant or something like that. And he's doing some things in Tampa, you know, keeping some money flowing, but at the same time, uh, of course, you know, Hulk Hogan, uh, more than any of us, you know, on the panel, what do you think of Hogan's future when it comes to pro wrestling? Does he go back to WWE? Does he, you know, settle for impact wrestling? Where does he go? I, I, my humble opinion as a Hulkamaniac and a Hulkster and, you know, I would in my heart of hearts love to see him go back to WWE and finish out with WWE, you know, out on top. I know there's some stuff because of the whole, uh, controversy with what he said and things of that nature. But, you know, I, I would really love to see him go back out on top and, you know, do a Hulkamania farewell tour, do something like that. As far as him going back to impact, you know, he, he does have history there and, you know, Jeff has been doing some things, you know, to uh, draw attention to impact. You know, so this could be, you know, Jeff planning some cool stuff and bringing in a guy like Hogan, you know, who does have a name to draw. So, you know, it, it could be something different this time around, but in my hearts of hearts, I would love to see the Hulkster back in WWE. Do we finally see a Hulk Hogan versus Jeff Jarrett match after all these years of Jarrett hitting Hogan with the guitar <laughs> after the press conference? <laughs> you would think so, right? Yeah, absolutely. He's bringing him back just to set that up. Armand, is yeah. uh, do we see a do we see a Hogan Jarrett feud over a guitar shot from a dozen years ago? Yes, I knew it. Yes, yes, <laughs> because I guess one thing that WWE does not do well is continuity. So they'll have these storylines that could be. Um, sort of connected to something that happened years ago mm-hmm. and they just don't do it for the most part. They don't do it consistent enough. Um, but many other federations do it all the time. And mm-hmm. I think impact is in a place where, like you said, Jared is just kind of throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks. Oh, yeah. And I would not be surprised if he brought Hogan in to continue, you know, to, to get the payoff from Bash at the Beach 2000. I would not be surprised. <laughs> wow. never happened. You went way back. The, the finger poke and all that. The Russo spot. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's... Uh, yeah. I, you, know, you know something? You went so far back, I think that some listeners are going to go, when was that? Oh, I wasn't born. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even born yet. Yeah, yeah, wow. That's uh that's some good stuff. Interesting. Uh Evan Angle confirms a return to the ring. Of course we saw we'll get to Raw. Uh we saw that he came back as general manager. Uh how long is it do you think, Evan, uh, before Angle gets back in the ring? Well, let me ask something to you. I'm gonna go way back further about uh about Jared and Hogan. First of all, guys, we never got to see the Luger versus Brahart match. When Luger knocked out Brahart at the luncheon with the forearm, you remember that? We oh. know he still to this day never got that. <laughs> wow, <match. laughs> so, that's just horrible. <laughs> we never got that match. WWE never followed through with it. I don't count the Rumble '93. So same thing with Jet with Jared and Hogan. 
I mean, Jared got to grab somebody with a big name that's not tied to the WWE lower WWE sure. um, um, vice grip. So, uh, I mean, why not bring Hogan in? Um, the move angle is, is by SummerSlam. Uh, it's the inevitable. I think everybody here in the panel just saw it coming. With angle coming in, angle still in good shape. I, I know me and you saw the Stone talk when when uh, I, I, I talked to Angle last last year. Interviewed him. Uh, he said that. Actually, the one person he wanted to come back to wrestle if he could was Daniel Bryan, mm-hmm. uh, and sadly Daniel Bryan, you know, can't you know can't really wrestle anymore because of concussions, because of his neck. But uh, with, 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 with Goldberg being kind of semi gone, with Brock being part time, with with uh, Jericho going to take time off with Fozzie, with Cena being gone until August, Takers being gone, WWE needs a big name, a box office name to keep drawing ratings, to keep drawing fans in. So, of course, next biggest event, you have SummerSlam. So, by SummerSlam, I believe we'll see Angle. I don't think they'll wait to, to, to survive a series. By SummerSlam, we'll see Angle in some kind of capacity in the ring. I hope it's not against Triple H. Uh, uh, they oh, never had good chemistry uh, yeah. at all. But um, what is that to see? I see SummerSlam. Interesting. Angle's Marty, over or under on that? Do you think that uh, he'll be there before or after SummerSlam? I think he'll be there at SummerSlam. I think they're going to lead into something. You know, but here's the thing. You know, I, I see you know, how they brought him back as the general manager and such, and I know that uh, Daniel Bryan is over on SmackDown, and I know that Bryan has hinted at you know, possibly having one more match and just to get cleared and stuff like that. Who's to say you know, that they won't build you know, Kurt and Daniel Bryan for – SummerSlam. I mean, you know, both of them were, you know, could go out, could go uh-huh. out with one last shot. You know, wow. battle the GMs. Hmm. Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, that's something WWE hasn't done. I like that. And and you know, to to see Kurt come in, and and I know Kurt in interviews and such has stated he's got one more good, you know, match left in him. And if Daniel wants to do it, I mean, you know, this would be the time to do it, especially with you know Raw versus SmackDown. You know, so mm-hmm. that's something you know that I could see happening. But it would be great to see Kurt finish out like that in WWE and see Daniel get his one last match, and you know they both ride off into the sunset and continue I, doing what they're doing with WWE. Uh, I got one. I got one better, real quick. How about Marty? See if you agree with this. You stretch, you build up the storyline with Angle being GM, of course Daniel Bryan being GM of SmackDown. Stretch this out until WrestleMania next year. It's in New Orleans. You have Daniel Bryan against Angle, one last match. And remember, New Orleans is the 30. last place WWE was, was not WrestleMania 30 when Daniel Bryan yeah. finally won the title. Could mm-hmm. do that, too. Interesting. Any Armand, your thoughts? Never, ne- never yeah. say never. Very true. It's true. There's that continuity I was just talking about where, like, that makes sense, but they won't do it because it's WWE. <laughs> <Right>. They just, <laughs> Vince, you know, Vince doesn't even like to connect stuff that happened a week ago. So that like, unless, True. you know, I mean, just kind of how they, they, uh, they pissed off, you know, Charlotte's pay-per-view angle. It just kind of, you know, didn't build it up the way they, she could, they totally could have had her, uh, Bailey win that at WrestleMania, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but I said this on Sunday, clear as day, um, angle and AJ at SummerSlam, clear as day. Hmm. Clear day, and you could actually build it up with these shakeups, um, and especially with what happened tonight, where AJ said he didn't want to go to um, Raw, 
Mm-hmm. Um, Angle snatches him up. AJB grudgingly goes, and they just build and build and build. And if it's not SummerSlam, they could really do it in Money in the Bank. You know, like mm-hmm. if I don't know if that build will take. You know, was this April? Uh, four months. Yeah, they could build that up in four months. But yes. Yeah. I can totally see Angle AJ. I know everybody wants AJ Nakamura. Nakamura debuted debuted tonight. Um, but you know, it's WrestleMania. You can do cross brand shows. My top guy against your top guy, or my future guy against your future guy. They could still make it work even with AJ on Raw. But AJ and Angle at SummerSlam, one thousand percent is happening. Hmm. Very bold prediction. Wow. Yeah, very very interesting stuff. Yeah. Uh, I you know I I think that uh, Angle. Hmm. I, I don't see Angle wrestling at all this year. I think I think he'll he'll save it for for Mania. Um, if he has one last run, one last match, really, uh, I think they'll save that last match for Mania. I really like the cross branding battle of the GMs uh, with with Daniel Bryan. Um, WWE so serious about not clearing Daniel Bryan though, so that might be a, a big deal. Um, however, though, uh, we could see Angle Shane. Uh, you know, we we could have that type of uh, cross promotion thing. Oh see yeah, I would I would certainly see, watch see that it, again. See <laughs> King see of the it Ring again for the first time. Yeah, the key, yeah, just like twice in a lifetime. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean that yeah, angle, man. you know, that angle uh, uh, shame match is one of the most memorable matches in the past twenty years. So. I would see it again, especially at a bigger stage at WrestleMania. I think that might be very interesting. Uh, Mauro Ronaldo reportedly away from WWE due to severe depression. Um, that's de- definitely something uh, that our, our prayers are with, just that uh, he'll uh, recover. Um, but unfortunately, uh, from a from a reporting standpoint, we do got to talk about uh, uh, the the highly reported uh, reason why uh, Bass Rutten, uh from from MMA, one of uh, more Ronaldo's closest friends um, has been, you know, has has talked about how, you know, he's he's been suffering from depression. Uh, basically, the story is uh, that it was kind. Of, it was basically spawned from Moro winning the announcer of the year, um, and then JBL um, not even close to being announcer of the year. JBL ripping. Uh, Morrow, you know, for uh, for for having making that achievement, uh, that uh, really uh, sparked some uh, some depression episodes, and, and Morrow's been gone for weeks. So that's basically what the story is. Uh, you worked with JBL, Marty. How is JBL? Um, is he is he a nice guy? Is he a bully in the back? I mean, uh, I, I've heard many stories of many negative stories, unfortunately, as far as backstage when it comes to JBL. Uh, what are your thoughts on this whole thing? Well, JBL, you know, from my personal view and my dealings with him, he was always cool to me. You know, he, he really liked folks, you know, who went in and, and did their job. You know, so I, I was fortunate, you know, that I was able to go in there and, and I didn't get you know, beat up or bullied by JBL, things of that nature, you know, it was funny, you know, because, you know, he, he did have, we did have fun, you know, uh, but with him being a bully and things like that, I I never saw him physically get anybody's face or do this and that and everything. Here's the thing with a lot of the backstage stuff and everything. And I'll just say this from being there, a lot of this stuff gets blown way out of proportion 
mm-hmm. a lot of the things that you hear, even with Bob Hawley being the guy who Bob was or is, and, and people perceive that, if you weren't there to, to see it and experience it or, or be a part of that backstage, you know, group of, of, of guys back there, then, you know, a lot of it is more hearsay. For me personally, I know Bob Hawley very well. I know JBL pretty good. And a lot of that stuff is just so blown out of proportion. It's almost like that that, that old saying, you know, the fish that got away was this big. It's mm-hmm. one of those scenarios. So mm-hmm. with that being said, you know, I, I just wish, you know, Mr. Morrow all the best. You know, depression is something, you know, that is, is a disease. And uh, a lot of people deal with depression and such. And I just wish him all the best. And I hope he gets better. And we see him back on WWTV. Awesome. Armand? Yeah, um, you know, if if that's blown out of proportion, then, you know, it's, you know, mental health is, is it's a real thing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if, if we have to work out um, to make sure that our, our physical bodies um, are in shape and we can function properly and et cetera, then certainly we need things like counseling and therapy um, and relationship and all these things to make sure that our, our mental health is, uh, is just as well. So, you know, that's not really anything to play with. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know, man, it's just, it's just an unfortunate situation. Um, I wish Morrow was around, uh, to do mania. I know some people find him corny. I find him, uh, he's, in, he's entertaining to me. I think he would have yeah, added some, to some of those. he would have yeah, added absolutely. some, uh, he would have added some uh, some excitement to some of those matches um, mm-hmm. on that card. So, you know, I just want him to take as much time as he needs to get better. And, you know, when he's ready to come back, he'll, he'll, he'll come back. And, I mean, hey, congratulations for, you know, winning announcer of the year. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, I, I say he deserved it. Yeah, I agree. Totally. Uh, Evan? Yeah, um, yeah. I, I've never mentioned this before on, on any show, on my show, uh, even on this. I, I, I have some personal friends who have dealt with depression. Um, I do have a background with working with when I was working at a, a college here in um, Baltimore for 10 years as a computer analyst and, and working with a lot of different college students where they had this, different disabilities. So I know firsthand depression is very real. Mental illness, mental disorders are very real. Um, just talking to heck, just talking Featherstone, you know, we talk private a lot of air of helping friends from committing suicide, uh, having rough days, you know, dealing with those with schizophrenia, manic depressive, bipolar. So I know on my personal experience of having personal friends to this day that I've talked to and I've worked with, you know, dealing with those problems, not going to work, not have, taking a shower, just different things. So, mm-hmm. you know, all I got to say, like like you all said, um, I found Morrow entertaining. Um, I found him very, he has a unique voice, he has a unique, uh, his his pitch is very unique. Um, I think, like, like you said, I think he would have added to Mania, but the most important thing is that he he's he steps away, he does he gets the help that he needs, that he can get us all together, you know, he can build himself back up. He can go back to doing what he does well. Um, mm-hmm. As far as JBO, like you've had this on, I've heard a lot of bad stories of people that worked in WWE that used to. I've heard good things about JBO. I've heard bad things. But like Marty said, if we're not backstage, a lot of that stuff gets blown out of proportion. 
Sound like she was there physically, or you're like an actual witness. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But I just hope Maro, I just hope Maro gets better, and we can see him back on SmackDown or, you know, any capacity, whether it be the network or you know anywhere else. Yeah, I, I've always been uh, a fan of Mario Ronaldo. I think that uh, he definitely brings that type of JR style passion. Um, I just have, you know, personally, my thing is, if you're a mark for the business, we feel that, you know, and, and JR, you know, he's, you can tell he's a mark. You know, you see he's a 65-year-old mark, and you can definitely tell uh, with his commentary and I love that. I mean, I, you can feel the passion. You can you can just feel the energy uh, that Jr. has when he. It, it's more than the job to him. You know, what I mean, like it, it just when I when I listen to Jr. It's like you know he's like talking to the screen, watching it from home. You know, and he's you know yelling and shouting at the screen. Uh, and you can tell that with Mara too. You can tell that he really loves the business, and it's just more than you know. Oh, it's another city, or it's another SmackDown. You know what I mean? It's it's not that for him. He really is a mark for the business, and I really appreciate that. So that you know, he brought a new life to me uh, for SmackDown when it came to the announced team. So. Uh, my, my prayers are with uh, Mario, and you know, if, if JBL was the cause of that, I hope that you know this was a, um, I hope that this is an, an enlightenment for him, uh, as far as just maybe, uh, maybe he can scale it down, and 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 you know, if because you know this one per the, the one person that you say something ill to could be the one uh, that can be going through the the, the most stuff, uh, needs if, encouragement, build, building up more than anything. So, if, I, if I'm not if, real quick, if, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. Isn't this, uh, air quote, the third person so far that's allegedly left WWE and took time off because of the hazing? Because remember, the, um, I'm not sure, Marty, if he was there or JBL's cabinet. Remember that was a lady, Amy Georgia Avani. Uh, yeah, Amy, um, mm-hmm. her, she left, and I believe that guy, Buchanan, uh, I, I just know his last name was Buchanan, um, a white guy, he was, um, on SmackDown. They used him for, like, that, that, uh, what was that uh, that that gimmick he had? Like he was the network, and he uh, was Carson, like uh, Carson Paul, something. Palmer he was a, Palmer Cannon. Yeah, Palmer Cannon. There you go. Yeah, yeah. That was a uh, uh, Teddy Long's assistant and such and everything. You know, when I got there, you know, the gal was just leaving. I really didn't hear too much about that. As far as Palmer was concerned, he had other things that he was interested in, and that was the oh. real reason why he he bailed out. So, <laughs> you know. Uh, like I said, if you're not there, you don't know. And sometimes people like to bro- blow things way out of proportion and point right. fingers. And really, you know, if you're doing stuff, you know, the finger should be pointing back at yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah th- thanks, Mike, for clearing that up. Because I was curious. Because like, wait, I know it was two other yeah. people that Echo claimed that JBL was hazing and doing all this stuff. And I was like, I don't know about all of that. So yeah. thanks for clearing that up. Um, you know, yeah. I, I, I believe that there could be, I, I believe there's some validity to it. Uh, my, my whole thing is, uh, I hope that, you know, um, of the JBL, if it is true, if it is, you know, confirmed to be true, uh, my, my hope is that, uh, this, this, this thing, this, this, this situation could help, uh, both of them, um, especially JL just uh you know like i said you know the, the the person he bullies or hazes or whatever could be going through a whole lot so that's my that's my hope uh, if this is legitimate so 
All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get to the WrestleMania review. Let's start with Armand. Just your overall thoughts on WrestleMania. Get you some background music as well. What you got? Um, just my overall thoughts on the show. Yep. Um, it was very okay. Um, most of the show was very anticlimactic in terms of the endings. Um, to me, Goldberg and and uh, Brock had the best match. It's amazing how you can tell a good story with four moves, but they did that. Um, but you know, the rest of the, the ramp was incredible. Have to say oh, that yeah. the ramp was that ramp good was goodness. nuts. You got to tell me how that looked live. Um, especially like with, with Rollins using the uh, the torch, the light, all oh, that was amazing. Um, but yeah, it was very okay. Um, I I didn't I hated the fact that it went over almost an hour. Um, very tired. Only got about four hours of sleep that night. Um, wasn't really crazy about that. But nothing else really stuck out. I'm not gonna lie. I wasn't crazy about the Hardys. Um, yeah, everything else was just very, very okay. Other than, you know, I really enjoyed uh, Brock and Goldberg. Hmm. Evan, your thoughts? Well, we was at live, brother. That ramp is amazing being at live. Gosh, that thing was huge. The biggest ramp so far in WrestleMania history. I thought this was the best mania. I think this is the GOAT. I think top to bottom, I think this beats all 17 to me. Um, the, the production... The production was 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 bar none. Fireworks, just the whole big big event feel. Um, this is a great man. Uh, Brock and Goldberg uh, was quick and he told the story. Uh, fans was born Goldberg. Uh, AJ and Shane was really well. The Hardys coming back was a huge pop. Um, shout out to the women who uh, first time in a while both women matches got respected and the fans were into. Um, and uh, the Undertaker man. It, it was just sad, uh, you know. Undertaker's always been one of our favorites. Me and Featherstone between Taker and Sting, and just to see how much pain Taker was in. But but that, that but that go away segment, mm-hmm. yeah, man, that that was that hit home. Uh, yeah, we my one of my staff members was crying. Uh, fans were crying. Men were crying. Uh, we'll take it sending off. It just was. Um, it was. It was. A, I enjoyed Mania. I thought this was a great Mania. Um, I enjoyed it. Marty. I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I, I was real happy. I mean, a lot of people are like, oh, the Hardys are back. You know, I, I really popped huge for it, you know, because knowing both Matt and Jeff personally and such and, you know, texting with those guys the day of the event and stuff and kind of wink, wink and things of that nature, it, it was cool to see them come back home and, you know, where everybody belongs, you know, to get that one last run. So it, it was great to see those guys. I thought Shane and AJ was real good, you know, AJ is just phenomenal, and that's why, you know, he's yeah. phenomenal, you know, the phenomenal one. I mean, AJ can go with anybody. Um, yeah. You know, the women, you know, it was good to see, you know, Mickey James back and doing her stuff and SmackDown and the Raw ladies, you know, did pretty good. Uh, Brock and uh, Goldberg, you know, they, they told the story they needed to tell, and it was under five minutes, which was great for those guys. Uh, Triple H to me looked phenomenal. He looked lean. He was a lean machine, man. You know, I, I haven't seen Hunter look that great in you know a long time, but yeah. he, he he looked phenomenal. And of course, uh, Taker going away, man. That for me, like you said, you know, it, it was very sad for me. It was emotional personally because having worked with the Dead Man and knowing him and such and everything, yes, I did cry. 
and, mm-hmm. I, and I shed a tear for the dead man because, you know, it, it was uh, an honor working with him. It was a privilege. And seeing him when he first came in and seeing him going out, and you know, it was uh, all these emotions just came to, and, you know, yes, I cried. Hey, you uh, refereed arguably his greatest match uh, in WrestleMania history, 25, man. So uh, you, you've got a lot of uh, WrestleMania, uh, one of the most important WrestleMania moments of, of The Undertaker. And, uh, yeah, was, uh, I can see, man, there was a lot of people. You weren't the only grown man who cried uh, when The Undertaker uh, was 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 buried, so to speak. There was a lot of men, like, like, uh, like Evan said, there was a lot of men uh, inside. Uh, of the Citrus Bowl, uh, shedding tears. So, nope, I did not cry, man. I did not <laughs> cry at all. I was actually, hey, I was actually the antagonist, man. I was actually the one of the only people in the entire arena rooting for Roman Reigns. So, um, I, I thank hey, God. Guys, for, real quick, uh, guys, guys, real quick. Uh, WrestleMania 24, the ramp was pretty much identical. And, mm-hmm. and I had to go down that ramp. That ramp, it took you a while, man. You were blown up by the time you got to the ring. Trust me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's okay. why the Undertaker only okay. went halfway. Halfway. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you had the gang grill interest. Shout out to <laughs> Seth Rollins, who um, I got reports early in the day from a source who was, was severely sick, 102-degree fever, um, and, and, and a flu, and he still went out and, and, and wrestled. And, and carried, um, you know, carried a good match. So I just want to give him a shout out too. Yeah, he did. He did um, really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. To me, as far as Mania is concerned, I, I, you know, as far as if it was the goat, I'll get to that during the Flavor of the Week topic. But uh, I thought from top to bottom, it was absolutely amazing. And and uh, I had an interesting conversation with a, a good colleague of mine as far as. Um, if it's better than certain uh, manias like three, five, and six, uh, and ten, I think those were the manias that were mentioned. Um, you know, here's the thing with with like three and like ten, you know, and, and, and manias like that. Uh, I think that they had good moments. You know, the main event was good. The main event was memorable. Uh, but as far as top to bottom card, you know. The card was weak, uh, you know, and especially, you know, three, as far as I remember, the card was very, very good. I mean, of course, you had Savage and Steamboat. Um, Other matches within three, uh, it wasn't a top to bottom, you know, uh, amazing card. Uh, As far as the actual WrestleMania uh, for this year, there to me, there wasn't one match that was terrible. I wasn't a I wasn't a fan of Orton Bray. I loved the theatrics. I think that that actually helped the match a whole lot. I wasn't a big fan of their matches late last year, and I knew that this was the match that I wasn't looking forward to the most, and it was underwhelming as I expected, uh, based on you know the chemistry from last year. I I think that they severely dropped the ball when I having Luke Harper a part of the match. Um, I think that that would have added so much more to the match, even if he didn't win. Uh, but as far as just every other match, I mean, you know, Bella and, and Cena and Maurice uh, and Miz, they they did what you know. Here's the thing: it was like to me, it was the total. It was the total Bella's match. That's what I called it. Yeah, well, uh, because it was it was strictly for the purpose of E and the proposal. I don't even know if the proposal's legit. That doesn't even matter. Because it's a season, it's a season finale moment, and it, it served its purpose, 
And with both Bella and Cena leaving, uh, Bella, you know, reportedly leaving for good and Cena leaving for the next few months, uh, it served its purpose. I mean, it did what it's supposed to do. Uh, Hardy Boys, you know, the the crowd was absolutely bananas uh, when they came back. And it was one of those things where the New Day did a really good job. I think they did did good hosting. Orlando popped hard for the New Day all throughout the the show. The New Day was way over um, and it was one of those things that I, I think they did a really good job kind of swerving because people thought so much, you know, WWE is to the point where they understand that people read the sheets and they know, so they'll have us be suspended in a, in a, in a way, you know I mean? We knew Balor was coming back. We knew Nakamura was going to come, but at the same time, the way that they come, they still want to suspend that reality, and I, I respect that highly when it comes to that. I absolutely love that. Uh, and the New Day kind of swerving by having right. their gear, you know what I mean? That that was a nice little nuance uh, to kind of create some doubt, you know, that they're not coming, and then they came, and then, you know, they popped hard. So I think I think if you remove – the the prediction or if, or if you create some type of doubt and then you hit them with the debut or the return, I think that that creates a bigger pop. So uh, I was a big fan of that. Lesnar Goldberg, I agree with Armand. I think that it served its purpose. I was a big fan of the match. Uh, you know, we knew that Goldberg was going to lose, so I think that it it made both people looked really good. And it, you know, it was a power move match. And Goldberg had the spear after the, you know, after the suplexes, you know, Lesnar turned right in and ate a spear, uh, spear through the rail. It, it was good. I really, really liked the match uh, because, like I've said before, I've said this, you know, when I was doing live work for Wrestling Inc., I, I said it, I said this, like, Goldberg is one of the most popular people in all of WCW, especially during the Monday Night Wars. He was one of the people who, you know, uh, had WCW compete, you know, against WWE, him and Sting, I would say, are two of the biggest baby faces during that era. And he was, he was a trip, you know, he he was responsible for keeping WCW competing and winning against WWE. And none of that had anything to do with him being a good wrestler. So it's it's characters, it's characters, it's entrances. It's, it, that's where people pop with Goldberg. So he's never been known for being a good wrestler. So I was even cool I, with I read, some, I read somewhere today uh, where that is Goldberg's first clean loss ever. Do we know if that's if that's ah. fact? Very interesting. Uh, yeah, that would be yeah, interesting to know. Because uh, because Brett was uh, through the the, the spear. Um, on the um, into the chest protector, chest protector, yeah. Yep, Starkey. Yep, Starkey. Ninety eight was Hall in the taser. Yeah, that was the taser. Hmm. Yeah, you know I think that's right cause Well, he, he lost. He lost that. Uh, well, you said clean because he lost that. Uh, yeah, clean. Yep, clean. Yeah. He lost hmm. the chamber by the he lost a triple H. He lost a triple H. But that yeah, was didn't, the he, didn't, didn't he move to like like Steiner or something like that? Interference. Yeah, it yeah, was interference yeah. though. Yeah. Huh. Very interesting. I think that may be that may be his first loss. Uh clean. His WCW run was so bad last <laughs> like, you know, last time that 
I don't, you know, it's it's hard to it's hard to recall anything that he did last, you know, last real, run. But, yeah. Real, real quick, Marty, you being being a former WWE referee and of course refereeing Lucha Underground and being a great referee, watching that Bray and Orton match, I told Fellowstone, I I I thought them to me the match seemed a little rushed, and, and I could be wrong. I thought maybe the referee may have been told, you know, Vince may have told the referee like tell him to go home quick. Is there a way? Could you tell watching the match and say, "Okay, Vince," or they're mm, telling question. the referee to go you, home quick? You know, it's funny. You know, it's funny you say that. I was sitting there watching it, and I, I kind of felt the same way because it seemed like they were building the match, and all of a sudden it was like they went home, and I went, "Wow!" Right? What? Their match <laughs> right. got. Cut. How does that work? You know, how does that work, that, Marty? How, it, how, did, like, how does that work? Like they call audibles like that. You have it's the piece. Pure, right? Yeah, you you got your piece and whoever's you know talking in your ear, right then and there during the match or something. You know, you could have ten minutes left, and all of a sudden they say you got two minutes, take it home, mm, huh? Wow. And you got to go <laughs> communicate that, you know. And, and seeing that match, I, I I honestly feel that they were cut with time mm. because it was flowing, and then all of a sudden when they went into the the deal, and then all of a sudden you know they did the uh, the little, uh, you know, the second bug thing, and then they went right home after that. I went like, her time got cut. Mm-hmm. So yeah, 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 that's how that happens. Well, yeah. From what I was told too is that Orlando, Orlando has a curfew with fireworks where the fireworks has to be done before midnight. So I think I guess that's why they were trying to rush. I don't know if that's why they cut the match, but you know, some of the fireworks they were trying to get the fireworks done before midnight. Clearly. Mm-hmm. They said the Undertaker match. I think the, this mania clocked out five hours, ten minutes, and twenty three seconds. So mm. this this was a long mania. For some reason this mania did not seem as long as Dallas did, and I'm live in Dallas. Yeah, that Dallas yeah. mania felt like an eight hour shift. It did. It did. <laughs> this mania didn't feel like that. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. It didn't. It didn't feel long uh, at all as well. Um, yeah, I think Owens Jericho served their purpose. Styles and Chain was the the match I was looking forward to the most, and and they over delivered even my high expectations. I think that was a fantastic match. And then and then Reigns and Undertaker. I mean, you know, here's my thing. I'm you know, Undertaker is is one of my favorites of all time. I would say he's ranked number six. Of my greatest of all time, and uh, you know, <clears throat> I'm a Roman Reigns fan. Um, but you know, take her over Reigns from an objective view any day. But I think it was definitely time for Reigns to get the heat and get the torch passed to him. And you know, Taker's he's he's in the rising pain. He's 52. It's time for him to to, to uh, pass the torch. And kudos to Taker because I I would imagine I was telling Evan this live. I I almost guarantee, and you would know this, Marty, that Taker probably had everything to do with with this whole thing. Like he probably wanted Reigns to get over. He probably knew there was, you know, he, he knew that it was his last match. He wanted Reigns to be the person who get over. He wanted the, you know, he probably lobbied for the match to be the main event, you know. And he, it, it just seems like he really. You know, Vincent Mann was talking about giving back to the business a year, uh, three years ago, when he lost to Brock Lesnar, which I still think is a, was a terrible move. But I think that this was really the time that Taker gave back to the business. I, I, I'd imagine that he probably had everything to do 
with this yeah. whole thing with getting Reigns over and, and making this the main event and probably lobbied for it because it was not planned to be the main event until probably like the night of or the day of it was it started to be reported to be the main event and to make it this moment to to, to retire this way I really think that uh, Taker, I would imagine that Taker had it uh, mostly everything to do with this moment. Yeah, you know, kudos to him because he is the man. You know, he is the godfather, so to speak. And, you know, for him to go out the way he did, I'm sure that was all Taker. You know, that, that mm-hmm. was all going out his way. Not not anybody else's way. He was going to do it his way. And, you know, that that was perfect, you know. Uh, I'm, I'm really glad. Uh, I'm really glad that he went out the way he did. There wasn't any farewell. There wasn't any tears. There was just, of course, there, there were tears, but it wasn't like, okay, we're going to do a raw special for Taker, this and that. You know, he's done. Right. He's done. Yeah. And that was a yeah. good way to go. From, from, yeah. um, and I'll tell you this, Featherstone, from, from, from my, my legit source and um, people have been. But one you know, one of the agents of WWE, for what I was told, it, it was Taker, and like I said, it was last minute. Uh, Taker chose Reigns. He wanted Reigns, and, and people can hate on Reigns all he want, all they want. And I'm not really a Reigns hater, but uh, you know, it's it's Taker. He's he's the goat. Taker, the, he wanted Reigns to put him. He wanted to put Reigns over. Taker wanted to do to go out, and he went out. He went out the best you can. Yeah. And, like you said, Featherstone, he doesn't do – and granted, I, I love Shawn Michaels, and I grew up more of a Flair fan than, than Hogan. But when they retired, you still saw – after right. that game, you still saw Austin. After 25 or well, 26, I should say, you still saw Michaels. You saw Michaels at the, at the pregame show um, this weekend. Flair, yep. you still saw him, you know, in TNA. That's mm-hmm. it for Taker. And what got me yeah. is – yeah, he, he's not the panel guy. He's not the guy who's going yeah, to appear at the panel or be at the Raw specials on the network. Yeah, I agree right. with you. He yeah. doesn't show up at the Hall of Fame. He doesn't show up anywhere but the ring. Yeah. And, yeah. and the thing that got me is, and, and like somebody you refereed him before and around him, is he broke kayfabe for the first time ever on camera. I know Triple H told the story, and uh, Austin told the story in the network about the biggest thing was to pop Taker, to get Taker to break character. Mm-hmm. The fact that mm-hmm. Taker took off his gloves, and he went and kissed Michelle McCool, which, of course, in the know, we all knew him, they were married. You know, she's even said it. But the fact that Taker acknowledged that, walked over to her, kissed her, mm-hmm. and walked away, to me, that was a symbol that I'm done. Yeah. For, for Taker oh, yeah. to break character to do that, that's for me personally. But, you know, I know he took the, the hat off and all that. They hit hard, but for him to go kiss his wife, who we've seen other wrestlers do it, and Taker's never showed any type of emotion like that. Then yeah, that 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 was it. That's that's what I knew he's done. It's, that's yeah. that's it. Absolutely. Yeah, when I seen him start taking the gloves off, I knew he was done, and that's when mm-hmm. my arse, my eyes started to weld up because I knew he was done. Yeah. Absolutely. Armand, is this the greatest WrestleMania send-off of all time? Send-off? Yeah. No. So you that, have that was... you have what, two other send-offs, big send-offs, which is Michaels and Flair. I'm going with Flair. Ugh, really? Oh, I'm going oh. with Flair. 
Um, because the Shawn Michaels Ric Flair match was better than Reigns and Taker. Like I don't know. Like I've just been sitting back listening to y'all, and I'm like, do we watch the same WrestleMania? This Taker, Rus- this Taker, Taker, wasn't even better Taker than Taker Thirty. Taker had a bad I hip. Yeah. Taker had a bad hip. I mean, That's fine. We, we we saw I'm, Flair the next night, and then he wrestled again nine months later on TNA. Flair's match with Michaels. I'm gonna watch it again. I want to watch it again for you, Armand. I, I the to, I've watched it multiple times, and you know, and Flair is one of the best of all time. That match yeah, was tough. Yeah, I love Flair. I, I love Michael. Out of the th- out of the three, it's not so. That if it, if Flair's not better than that, then uh, Michael Taker is better than. Oh, Michael uh, Taker as a match was certainly better than all the three. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. so even twenty six. I'm not the guy, so I'm not I'm not a Reigns hater either, you know. I mean, even based off of Monday Night, which was great, which I can't wait to talk about. Yeah. Um, it just, I I don't know. Like, the, I wasn't disappointed by Mania. It was just, it did, to me, it felt like an eight-hour show. Like, we were, we the venue we were watching at, we were very tired. It was a very long show, and it was just like, I was coming into the, I was coming into the event thinking like yo top to bottom this card looks really good mm-hmm. and they have the opportunity to do some things and most of the uh, the critique of WWE is not the work but it's the writing so I'm like okay however the writing is and some of the buildups have been great and some have been okay um, at least the work's gonna be good. Mm-hmm. nothing yeah. really about the event said. Yeah, this is one of the greatest ever. No, mm. I think everybody is, sh- or everybody felt the way about the Taker send off because it's Taker, rather than how it was done. I think everyone's emotional connection to Taker. Taker has been in most of our lives for virtually all of our lives. So to yeah. see him really hang it up for real, um, I think that moment hit. Um, but as far as like the lead up to it, the build up to it. Um, you know, nah, I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't crazy about the execution of it. Taker's one of the goats, but the execution was cool. What Taker did was great, but eh, I'm, I'm going. With, I don't think the build was very good either. I agree with that. Um, uh, but I, and I think it's, I think you made some very valid points. The the only reason, I mean, the, the biggest reason I would say the biggest reason, not the only reason, but the biggest reason why I would have Taker as the greatest send off is, you know, like Evan and, you know, alluded to, and I was, I was telling him, you know, when we were uh, in Orlando, like, this is it, you know I mean? Like, this is, this is it for Taker, you know, like, it wasn't really a send off for Flair because he, you know, competed in the Hogan thing and he competed in TNA, you know, so it wasn't really a send off for, for Flair. We see Flair all the time, you know, so, and he wrestled after that. <clears throat> with, with Taker, though, like, not only are we not going to see him in the ring again, but it, he doesn't do interviews. He's, you know, as, as much as Austin and, uh, all these wrestlers who have podcasts now, just about every wrestler from Attitude Era has a podcast Michael. nowadays. You know, and even with that, even with all these big name podcasts, Taker has never been on one single podcast. He doesn't tweet. He doesn't do any of that. So when I the send off, 
between because we see that with Michaels too. Michaels is still very involved with the company. He comes in, you know, surprises all the time. He even works in NXT now. He moved to Orlando from from Texas, so he's really involved and he's been physical. You know, he's a special guest referee, so he's been at Mania after that. You know, what I mean, he's had many appearances. He's, he's even had, uh, yeah, he, he he's super kick sting. He's super kick taker. So. <laughs> He's even been, yeah, unfortunately, but he's even been a part of Mania in a physical capacity. You know what I mean? As far as Flair is concerned, uh, you know, he's been, he's wrestled afterwards. For, for, for Taker, though, the send-off is like, this is it. This guy will not wrestle mm-hmm. again, and he'll, he he's probably done. won't even appear, you know, on WWE again, unless it's some type of, you know, network special that he probably still stays in kayfabe a bit. You won't see him laugh. He's he's a living, walking kayfabe. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, it, it, it to me, I mean, you've, of course, you've seen pictures with him and Michelle McCool and other people smiling and stuff like that. Uh, but those are very amateur pictures, candid, you know, shots that, you know, you, you won't see, you know, when it comes to WWE. So, you know, when it comes to send-off, I think that Taker – Gets it because of of that element. Marty, do you do you think real quick, Marty? Do you think everybody's been talking about this? Do you think next year in the Hall of Fame 2018, it will be Taker getting inducted? Taker will be getting inducted. And I heard some rumblings too that the only person that should induct Taker will be Vince. Do you, how do you feel about that? I just wanted to ask it real quick. That was okay. No, I I totally agree with that statement and, and prediction. You know, I, you know, Sean retired in 2010 after 26, and the next year, you know, in Atlanta, Sean went right in. Uh, but, I mean, to me personally, and this is my humble opinion, which means nothing, I mean, it, it's a no-brainer for, uh, for Taker to headline Hall of Fame 2018. Hmm. Armand, no Kane induction? As far as indu- ind- inducting Taker, Vince over Kane? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I see Vince. Yeah, I, I think I think I think uh, you make a good point with Vince. Um, you know, just the loyalty through the Attitude Era, mm-hmm. when everybody else was leaving, um, even to the point where Sean was entertaining leaving. Taker was the only guy who was like, "Nah, I'm good. I'm staying." And I think yeah. Vince. If Vince is going to induct anybody into the hall, it would be Taker. Yeah, yeah, I can I can definitely see that as well. I think it, to me, as although Kane, you know, has a story with him, I think it'd be a lot more poignant if if Taker uh, gets inducted by Vince. So yeah, I agree with that as well. All right, so let's start with Marty for the. We'll, we'll combine Raw and SmackDown together. What are your thoughts on both shows? Uh, it was good to see the Hardys back on Raw. You know, it was good. It was good to see you know Baylor back doing his thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on both shows, it, it was good to see new faces. I mean, of course, with Nakamura on SmackDown, and w- with the girls and Naomi and you know the Usos getting some heat on SmackDown and you know just being heels. It was good because I like the fact that they're introducing new faces and they're going to try to build new stars which is mm-hmm. something you know that they should be doing and this is the time to do it especially after wrestlemania because as of yesterday and today you know you're building for wrestlemania so yeah. uh 
It, it was good to see them bring in people, the revival, and just other folks to to make their debut and give these people an opportunity to become the next superstars. So yeah, good, good, good stuff, Armand. Um, I agree. Um, I think everybody went where they were supposed to. I'm very curious to see how the revival um, fares on the main roster. You know, if they become uh, a success story or if they end up, you know, Adam Rose in it up. Um, mm. Because they have a very specific style. They have a style that requires time for you to tell, allow them to tell the story in the ring. And Raw is not really the work rate show. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm hoping that they um, get an opportunity because, man, we didn't even talk about it, but you know, the revival is responsible for shoot the best matches on what the last three NXT specials. Mm. If not, yeah, they just consistently deliver. Um, yeah. I just have to, I have to, I love Nakamura Miz. I love that program. Um, I think that Miz is going to legitimize Nak. Miz can go. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how. Uh, Knock fares on the mic with Miz just because of his English, um, though it's gotten a lot better. Um, and I just have to say, I absolutely loved the first 15 minutes of Monday Night Raw. That was mm-hmm. masterful, allowing the crowd to hype itself up, build up everybody's hype about Taker, which then turns into. Uh, uh, Reigns booze. Reigns immediately comes out, and Reigns is just toying with that crowd, yeah. and it was just masterful to see. We always talk about if Reigns is going to turn heel, that is this is the most heelish we're going to get, and I'm cool with snarky. I'm better than you, gray area Roman Reigns, where I have my reason to do the things that I do, but I'm not going to outright do anything dastardly because the minute Reigns does something overtly healed, everybody's going to, the, the marks are going to cheer him. Yeah. So keep him here to where like he's Love still Nash, basically. Yeah, exactly. So I, mm-hmm. man, that was probably the best television I've seen. And all he says, this is my yard, especially with the match starting last night with Taker telling Reigns twice, this is my yard. For Reigns to come out and say it's my yard now and then leave, oh, fan for life. Fan for, oh, one more thing I, I want to bring up to the group, though. How do you guys feel about Braun spending most of 2016 begging for competition and you have Taker and now Brock inviting him to compete <laughs> and he backs up? <laughs> oh, it's, 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 just like it's, the, it's the 80s cartoon. The 80s cartoon storyline. It's the villain, and then the villain talks all the smack, and then when it's time to face the hero, you just back up. <laughs> and if he had evil henchmen, he would have just sent the evil henchmen to fight instead of him. Yeah. But um, <laughs> but now I'm, I'm, it's bad writing. It's dirty. We dropping the ball, man. I used to, I've, I've said this plenty of times on my show and on here. Uh, Braun is the still this Braun, Braun is a monster heel. WWE has built, and it's the first time he's had WWE has had a monster heel in years. Probably the last time we saw something similar to this was Henry's pressure for years ago with the Hall of Pain. And you mean to tell me 
that he didn't he didn't paste it everybody else in the mouth, he didn't relax everybody else's back and like you said, you got Taker and Brock and then you have him back up. That makes no sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's to me that's that's WWE that's, that, that's Can I not throw my two cents real quick? Yeah. Oh, good. I was really surprised he didn't win Royal Rumble. Reigns won it. But I think by him doing this and backing down and such and everything, and this is just me, you know, thinking outside the box and thinking storyline and character build and such and everything, that eventually that he is going to have to face up to somebody and maybe with people accepting Roman as that's his yard now and such and everything, that Reigns will be the big baby face and Braun will be the big heel, so there will be a big confrontation there. Maybe leading next WrestleMania to be Roman versus Braun. Mm. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, <clears throat> they try to do that. Um, Braun started to get chance, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I, I think that uh, I think that with with I think that's an interesting point. But I, I think that people are so anti Reigns, and I can go a full show with with. You know, talk about how stupid that is to me. I mean, I just, I just, you know, and it's it's funny because uh, it, it, my philosophy is this, and, and and Armand, you made some really really good points as far as just, and he even said it. He even pointed to his hand and said, you know, I have I have you all at the palm of my hand, and it was so true. I have not seen or heard heat like that since Vicky Guerrero. I, I, that's the only person I can compare that type of heat in the past 10 years uh, when it comes to Roman Reigns. It was absolutely X-Pac. phenomenal. It was, it, it was no, yeah, joking. but that's no, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> people just did. Well, that's true. People don't want Roman Reigns. They were saying go away, but it's one of those things that Roman Reigns, they want him there. They they want to troll. They want you know fans want to put themselves over. They want to troll. They want they want Roman Reigns there, and it's like yeah. I mean, and, and here's the thing, and you know, in, in essence, the more you the more you jeer Roman Reigns, the more you're cheering him, because yeah. you know it's, it's funny because he's over. You don't want him to be over. You want him to go away. But he's not gotten like he's gotten the biggest ovation of anybody in the past few years. Raw was, you know, it'll be interesting to see because they're supposed to be in New York uh, next Monday. It'll be interesting, you know. New York is they're they're not in Marquee, New York. They're more in you know civilian New York. But it'll still be interesting to see what a more civilian crowd, you know, more civilized crowd, I should say, uh, yes. will react. To yeah. Roman Reigns, you know, I mean, yes. that's what I'm interested to see in come Monday to see because you know, of course, the Raw at the Mania crowd is you know all states, all countries, yeah. the the markiest oh, yeah. crowd that there is. So this isn't really a litmus test. It was great to see, yeah. but to me, it's not. Yeah. It wasn't really a litmus test of Roman Reigns as a character, you know. So I think, um, after after Taker, after beating Taker. I think next Monday will be the true litmus test because it's a yep. much less, you know, marquee crowd. It's a more civilized crowd. So I, I, that's what I'm looking forward to the most to see what Roman Reigns is going to do. But no matter what, he's going to get booed. He's going to get over. And for the people who don't like him, you know, you're, you're essentially 
the more you jeer him, the more he's over. So, I mean, you're, you're basically feeding, you know, you're creating your own problem. By, by, uh, you're not dissolving it at all. You mentioned Vicky having, having that kind of heat, which I agree with. But let's not forget, guys, John Cena. Cena, what Reigns is getting now is the same stuff that Cena got. But Cena was a different character because he was the poster boy. Reigns isn't champ. He's getting booed like this. Cena a few years ago got booed because he was shoved down your throats. He was on But there TV were still let's go champ. Cena, Cena sucks chance though. Yeah, true. That there were still a but, lot but, of people who were pro Cena. I mean, you've got, I mean, yeah, right true. now it's about 95 I, to 5 when it yeah. comes to ring. Yeah. Know, that's true. I mean, I've, I've 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 watched people, personal friends of mine, even at shows, place bets and get mad when Cena's won. And they literally throw and just went crazy. The five moves they did, I'm tired of Cena, Super Cena, wow. you know. But I mean, but 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 like you said, yeah. We're, we're not since Vicky, uh, right? And and I I didn't I've I've not watched Raw yet or SmackDown. We're traveling from Orlando, but um, I I've got I got tons of texts from buddies that don't even watch wrestling like we do, and it was like you gotta watch Raw. They're changing. That's the Roman. This is great. And so, anytime casual wrestling fans and people haven't watched wrestling since the Monday Night Wars are contacting me or watching Raw and seeing the the heat that Reigns is getting, that that's you, you can't blame people booing Reigns. For, they they booed Reigns live. I don't know, Marty, if you heard this when uh, they messed the spot up with take. He was supposed to put take up for the Team Stone. That wasn't Reigns' fault. Yeah, it wasn't. Reigns is. Roman Reigns is getting he he's like Tony Romo just retired, so he's getting treated like Romo did with the Cowboys. No matter what Romo does, no matter the Cowboys <laughs> could lose, they could give up a touchdown. It's Romo's fault. He's not defense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know the thing. You know the real quick. You know, just, just a quick comment. You know, I I know it's spot you were talking about, and I know that people can sit and be armchair bookers all they want, but if you're not in the ring doing it. Then there you go. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, real quick, uh, just as far as my Raw and SmackDown, uh, I think we brought the good points about Raw. Um, it was good to see the revival as well. Um, I, I agree with you. I'm hesitant, Armand, as well, uh, because the revival is not a very. Um, I don't know if they are going to gel with the raw mold. I mean, I like the fact that they healed it up really good against the New Day. I think that was really good. It played really into their NXT characters, but I'm not sold on them being consistently that way. Again, again, it goes back to the civilized crowd will be the real litmus tests of these call-ups. Um, yep. As we've seen, yep. you know, over the past few years, I mean, the, the the smarky crowd after Mania, they can pop as much as they want, but when you get back to the the, the you know uh, following weeks, it just plummets. You know what I mean? So uh, that's what I'm looking forward to as far as uh, as far as Dillinger is concerned. Ah, man, I like Dillinger a lot, but I don't see it, man. I, I don't I don't see it lasting very long, and it's, and it's sad. I, I don't see it. Uh, you know, he, he's over. He gets the 10 chance, but at the same time, he was really over in NXT too, but he's lost every single takeover. So, yeah. you know, and, it, and it's sad too, because I really like Dillinger. I really think he should have been an NXT champ before he got called up. I think this is, I think this is a bad call up to me uh, because I don't see him being anything past 
a very over mid Carter, you know, on SmackDown. I don't see that. I see if he was on if he was on NXT right now, I think that he, especially with Nakamura leaving and them not really investing in Ono as much as people thought that they were going to be. I think that Dillinger should have been the number one babyface on NXT right now. He's over enough to do that, but yeah. not, they're not going to do it, unfortunately. Hey, uh, hey, I, got a, I got a quick, I got a quick question for you. Yeah. Do you guys think that they've kind of like backed themselves into a corner with these NXT call-ups because it's just something that we've come to expect the night after Mania, where it's like, okay, we have to call up somebody. Yes. And NXT is not yeah. as. Yeah. Uh, roster heavy as they were a year, two, three years ago. They really need to like spend some time building up some of those guys. And oh yeah. So you know, a team like the Revival can end up becoming the Vaude Villains. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. that's what I was thinking about. <laughs> the Vaude Villains, absolutely. Yeah, Tyler Breeze, he's he's Apollo Cruz. You know what I mean? So it's I agree. The Ascension. Yeah, the Ascension. Yeah. Who? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, Jim Hart. Who? Right, they were right. They were undefeated in NXT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They sure was. They had the. They were the tag team. They had the longest tag. Still had the longest tag team title reign. Uh, Authors of Pain may may break that. NXT was a very good show, by the way. And I was also at ROH live doing some coverage, and that was really good too. Just shout outs to NXT and ROH doing that weekend. We don't have time to talk about it, but all right, real quick, let's get to the flavor of the week. And uh, very interesting. I think we. Talked more a lot about it uh, throughout the show, but uh, we'll get to it uh, about five minutes. Here we go. It is now time for the flavor of the week. The five-year anniversary show. We're talking about uh, if WrestleMania 33 was the greatest of all time. I think that Armand already gave his point. Let's uh, let's get some concluding thoughts on your on your overall of WrestleMania 33, you've already made sure that uh, we know that you don't think it's the greatest room. How would you rank it? Uh, somewhere in the middle. It wasn't It wasn't terrible by any means, but I didn't find it to be great or amazing. I think from a production standpoint, sure, absolutely, but uh, just match and entertainment and things of that nature, eh, it was okay. Hmm. Evan, what's your thoughts? You said it was the greatest of know, all brother. time. Why is it the greatest of all time, Evan? Uh, overall, 33 is the greatest. It's top and bottom. Like you said, all the matches told a story. Most of the cards were really good. Even uh, the matches that just was just this was just uh, uh, publicity stunt. So it was the tag team match with Cena uh, works. Production was amazing. Uh, the Dead Man said, well, um, the Hardys coming back. AJ and Shane. I mean, this this is the greatest mania. I would say this top to bottom, this is everything. The production, every even the attendance record got fireworks. Come on now. True. Um, and then after that, I would say seventeen will be two now, and uh, three will be nineteen. And for Marty, twenty five. Got 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 get twenty five. We'll, we'll, we'll take it, take a um, take it, Michael. Good stuff, Marty. Your thoughts on thirty three? Wow. Where does it rank? Uh. Is it the greatest of all time? Uh, probably not. Was it a good show? Yeah, it was a real good show. I, I mean, production-wise, you know, TV, I mean, you know, you just can't beat WWE's production and what they bring. I mean, you really can't. You know, there's nobody better. WWE brings brings it every single time. But, uh, it, like I said, it, it was a good show. 
Was it the greatest of all time? No, I'm, I'm impartial. 25 to me is always going to be the greatest of all time. I hate to say it, but um, it was a real good show. I, I, I was glad I watched it, and I'm looking forward to next year's WrestleMania. Indeed. I think that WrestleMania 33 is the greatest WrestleMania of all time. I think 17 was number one for, um, what, 16 years? (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, again, I go go back to to, to say, and I've reviewed a bunch of cards. My thing is, this was Taker's send-off. This was Taker's last match. This was it. This was the person who's been there for 27 years. This is his last match of all time. I mean, you can't get any memorable than that. I can't think of any person other than The Undertaker who's had a type of send-off like Taker. I, I, I can't think of someone who's been like WrestleMania or not. Even if it wasn't, even if it was on Raw, I can't think of anyone that's had that type of elaborate departure from WWE. And it's been, you've even said it, Armand, been consistent. He's one, been one of probably the most consistent person. Uh, in, in WWE and you know uh, Michael is up there as well but I can't think of anyone who's had that type of departure in the WWE Wrestlemania or not and the fact that it was at Wrestlemania but relative basically his show I mean or, you know Michael's is Mr. Wrestlemania so to speak but you know that's Taker's show you know he's known for being the person the featured attraction in all Wrestlemania and for him to close like that is just you can't. I can't think of another moment that can top that as far as emotion is concerned when it comes to WWE. And just like I said, from top to bottom was just an amazing. It was an. It, it, there was not one terrible sleeper match. Like I said, Orton and Wyatt was underwhelming, but all the other ones it delivered from a top to bottom card. I think this is the greatest. So that, that's uh, that's my story, and I'm I'm sticking with it. So uh, thank you so much yeah. for everyone. Twenty uh, fifth. 25th 20, f- five year anniversary I keep thinking of 25 I was, about to, I was about to have you close out uh, and give us uh, your your Twitter handles and where we can find you Marty so I think uh, I kept saying 25th five year anniversary show uh, thank you so much Marty uh, for being a special guest panelist for us and uh, it was it was fun man where can we find you uh, you can find me uh, on Instagram Marty Elias 67 on Twitter at Marty Elias1967 and on Facebook, Marty Elias. Fantastic. Where can we find you, Armand? Armand, wake up. A R M O N D. Wake up all one word Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Fantastic. Evan, where can we find you? Yes, you can follow me at Under the Mats Radio on Twitter at tech underscore UTMR. Follow us on Facebook and YouTube at Under the Mats Radio and on blogtalkradio.com backslash Under the Mats Radio. Live every Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Absolutely. Special shout out to everybody who sent all types of messages and um, just tweets, emails, and texts. Um, and, and, and Facebook messages uh, to congratulate the uh, five-year anniversary show. I do want to give a special shout-out to uh, people who um, 
who just uh, a couple shout outs. Thank you to everyone. But Nick Facklino from uh, WrestleZone.com says congrats, Chris, on five years of great work on the air and for everything you have contributed to WrestleZone. Uh, Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net says congrats on the milestone. Chris, best of luck with the show going forward. So I want to give those two special shout outs. And everyone, uh, Ronald, Ronald Hunt from WrestleZone. Uh, so many people from that's given tweets and, and, and messages. So thank you so much for everyone that given uh, the show your love. And ladies and gentlemen, again, Chris Saban, thank you so much for being on the show. Marty, thanks for being on the show. Armand, great to have you back, man. It was great, uh, great talking with you, wrestling. Evan, of course, every week you do a fantastic job. All the listeners, it wouldn't be this without you. Uh, the numbers I see and just the success of this show is absolutely amazing. Five years, God is amazing, and I think uh, thank him. And, uh, you know, it's, it's and it's also great to have three strong Christian panelists too. That's really cool too. So thank you so much for everybody who have uh, been listening to the show and it's been supporting the show. And uh, this is five years, ladies and gentlemen. So without further ado, episode 262 for Chris Saban, for Marty Elias, for Armand Wake Up Goss, and for Evan Tech Proud. This has been a fantastic show. God bless you all and have a good night. Goodbye. Good night. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.